You want to achieve great things? You want to reach the next level? Well, so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. On this podcast, we focus on how to give you the information that you need to understand your brain, but most importantly, how to better use it. And one of the most important areas for using your brain and reaching your full potential is your creativity. And today, I have on a special guest who is all about creativity. She's an office manager by day, and she's a warrior of creativity by night. My friend Carla E. Campos is the owner of the blog and business 15 Minutes of Creativity, and I'm very excited to talk to her today about how we can improve our creativity, how we can understand creativity, and how you can leverage it in your life and your business. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome Carla Campos to the podcast. Hi, Carla. How are you doing today? I'm doing really great. Thank you so much for the great introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. So I figured that, you know, with you on the show today, it would be great to just just focus on creativity because when when you're improving your mind or you're, you're going through accelerated learning processes, when you do whole brain learning, you're using all these different parts of your brain functionality. But to connect all these different parts, you use your creativity. So what I found that as you practice accelerated learning, you train your creativity. And when you train your creativity, you're training your accelerated learning skills and your memory and all these different things. So I figured we could start by, you know, getting a quick introduction for you and get you to talk a little bit about yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do and what what some of your dreams are? Of course. So as you said, I run a blog and I'm also an office manager. So some of my dreams include uh, helping people who are creatively blocked to kind of get through that block and achieve their creative goals and aspirations. A little bit about my background is I studied animation in a university. And then once I graduated, I didn't get the dream job that I always wanted. I became a graphic designer and then eventually decided to go into small business consulting. And that's where I'm playing a support role for our great business coaches and we help other people grow their businesses. I'm all about growth, uh, both personal growth and business growth because people, they are the ones who run businesses. And if you don't improve yourself as an individual, you can't really improve your business because businesses are basically run by people. The last thing is, so my big dream is to kind of help these people realize that not only can they just do their usual nine to five or whatever work schedule that they have, but they also take the time out of their busy days to spend 15 minutes at least to think creatively or to pursue their aspirational goals. Okay, that's very cool. I really like that. I think that you, you know, you're doing a lot and creativity is important. And if you don't mind me asking, what was your dream job after you graduated university? I had the dream of um, becoming an animator at Blue Sky Studios. 
I am from the tri-state area, so I didn't want to move to California for an animation gig. So I heard that Blue Sky Studios was in New York, and that wasn't a far move for me. And I wanted to work on films such as Rio, where, you know, it's beautiful animations brought to life, it's storytelling, and it's something that a lot of people can relate to. I find that a lot of movies, it's harder to relate, but I feel in animated films specifically, you can, like, everyone can kind of relate to it. Children, adults, grandparents, everyone. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I definitely love animated movies, especially, you know, around the holidays, you know, specific animated movies for the holidays, like The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's one of my, you know, newer favorite movies about, you know, Halloween and Christmas coming together. So I think stuff like that is really cool. And, you know, that's a great dream that you can still do on the side. So do you ever spend time, you know, making your own little animated stories or things such as that? So I've been pursuing, um, I'm all about interaction and animation is, you know, images that are moving and that are interacting with the audience and telling the story. So I don't do traditional animation or 3D animation as much anymore. What I've been more focused on is using that same kind of idea of storytelling and of using images to connect people together. And I've been working on some cards. So I've been doing more graphic design oriented um, tasks to kind of do the same idea of helping people relate to one another, tell a story and interact with one another. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And you know, telling stories, you know, especially through graphics or animation is extremely important. And I think it's especially important for brands. So I think this is a good way to lead into the next question. And you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how can we bring more creativity into into our lives, especially those who want to achieve great things or make a change in the world. So what I was wondering, what place do you think that creativity has in higher achievement or accomplishing your dreams? So maybe you, you dream of being the next Elon Musk or the next Steve Jobs. How can, you know, improving your creativity or, or just your creativity fit into that picture? That's a wonderful question. So creativity is basically out of the box thinking in the simplest terms to me. So the people that you mentioned, they're big thinkers, you know, they thought they had this great idea, they implemented on it, and that's how they got where they are. So creativity and exercising creativity is really important so that way you can generate ideas or creative solutions to solve problems that happen day by day. As okay. for how people can in incorporate creativity into their everyday lives, I always recommend having some kind of morning routine or evening routine to kind of get your mindset in the game. Okay, speaking of routines, you know, I think that, you know, the next question I do want to talk about, I guess we can kind of mix these together is, you know, what are those routines that are either morning routines or, or, you know, late afternoon, afternoon routines that you can use to kind of foster your creativity, how to improve it, or how to just get into that mindset? So what are some rituals that you might use to do that? I'm constantly experimenting with different morning and evening routines. I always consider my life as a work in progress. So currently, my biggest um, part of my morning routines are the concept of morning pages. This was developed, or what I've learned from the artist's way, by Julia Cameron. And the concept is you basically write three pages every single morning, handwritten, of stream of conscious writing. 
So it kind of takes everything that's like floating around in your mind onto a piece of paper, onto a physical manifestation. So you can kind of see your thoughts on a page and kind of declutter your mind because that way you can start your day on the right foot. And I find that it's very beneficial, especially on mornings that I feel really stressed and overwhelmed from the day to day. Oh, I was just going to say that I think that's interesting because, you know, you're actually the second guest to recommend morning pages for, you know, waking up with a morning routine and getting into a creative state of mind. So that's definitely something that I'm going to start looking more into and I'll, I'll probably incorporate it into. But what's the other routine that you want to give people? Well, the other routine, routine is more personal. I talk to a lot of people and I try to help them reach their goals. And a lot of people want to travel and they want to speak another language, which I know sounds really strange because I come from an art background and not a, you know, traveling background, but I usually use the app Duolingo, which is a free app to improve my Spanish and to also learn Japanese. I find that um, learning a language is not only beneficial in terms of using it in a practical day to day to communicate with more people, but I find that when you learn a new language, you kind of train your mind to kind of think differently which I think is really beneficial. It's really quick. I do just 15 minutes of Duolingo and I find that it also makes me feel accomplished that I kind of learning every day something new. Yeah, it's all about learning and, you know, creativity is extremely important for the learning process. But a lot of people as they're going through schooling or, you know, all these different things, they don't really incorporate a lot of creativity into their learning process because we're taught to learn by rote. And, you know, rote memorization, thinking in the exact same way every single time. And, you know, when you do that, you're not really thinking about it. And you're not really being creative. The, the key with creativity, as Carla was just saying, is to think about ordinary things in different ways. And that's very important if you want to learn quickly. And I found that over time, as people go through the schooling system, you know, especially for me, as I was going through it, that kind of natural creativity and curiosity tends to you know, float further and further away. But, you know, you got to realize that it's still out there, you still have creativity within you, it might just take a little bit of digging to get it out. And I've seen a lot of people around me who think that they label themselves as, you know, not creative, or just bland or boring. So why do you think that some people like to label themselves as not creative? And do you think it's true? I totally understand why people find it hard to label themselves as creative. When you hear that someone's creative, there's two images that usually come to mind. It's one, the Picassos and the people who post beautiful Instagram images or Pinterest images. So those people who create works of art come to mind. And then there's the other point of view. When you say creative, people think about the starving artist, the person who works and works, but they never become successful. So people find it really hard to relate to either one of those two images, or at least, you know, whenever I talk to people, they're like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I kind of draw, but you know, I don't do anything great. So a lot of people find it hard to call themselves creative because they have these two images, whether you're like really amazing or you're just, you know, someone who doesn't have any potential at all. So it makes it really difficult for people to label themselves as creative because they have those two images in mind. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, what are some things that you think people can help to get themselves out of that mindset or help them to get, the, to get over that block? So there's several ways you can do it. 
one of them, as I said before, morning pages kind of really helps you get into the habit and the discipline of getting all your thoughts cleared off. So that way you can make room for creativity in your mind and in your life. Um, I say another big component of um, unleashing the creativity is by responding to prompts. Sometimes when you see a sheet of white paper in front of you, you kind of feel overwhelmed with the possibilities that can happen on the page. And then you're unsure of what to do, how to leave your mark on that piece of paper. So sometimes I use prompts to kind of get my brain started and like kind of jumpstart the process. So I'll be like, okay, let me see how this song that I'm listening to on the radio inspires me. And then that's going to help me get started because the hardest thing for anyone is to really get started. And then once you do the prompt, you can kind of get into the flow of things. And then your brain is going to come up with more and more ideas. The last kind of exercise that I say is really beneficial to kind of unleash your creativity is to take time out of your day to write 10 ideas. And these could be 10 random ideas. It could be, I wish that there were a pair of shoes that generate heat with every step you take. Just out of the box thinking, just random ideas, no matter how dumb they are. If you do this every day, 10 new ideas every day, you're going to find that thinking out of the box gets easier and easier. I really like that idea. And, you know, if I found a, a pair of shoes that, you know, as you walk, they generate heat, I would definitely wear that pair of shoes. And, you know, that's uh, something that I want to start doing. It's the, it's the 10 ideas idea. And I think that for anyone out there, especially anyone in business, any entrepreneurs, if you're trying to think of new thoughts, new systems, new ideas, this would be a great thing to start practicing because I think one of the worst things is being a professional or an entrepreneur and, you know, having no creativity or never taking the time to improve it. So it's definitely something that's, you know, very important to do in your life. But the thing is, a lot of people, they're taught that you're either creative or you're analytical, but typically the best thing to do is you need to be both. You know, if you're too far on one side or you're too far on the other side, then problems are going to come up. Maybe you think you're bad at certain things or you're, you're only good at certain things. But the reality of the matter is, you know, the human brain is capable of such amazing things. And, you know, you're capable of such amazing things. And the first part of, you know, reaching those amazing things is realizing that. But the problem is a lot of people are never taught how to properly use their brain or how creativity fits into all these different things. So what I was wondering, Carla, is, you know, you're obviously a very natural creative person, but were you ever taught how to incorporate creative thinking processes during your learning or your memorization in school? So it's been a while since I've been in school, a couple of years, but I've always been a bit of a creative sort while I was in school. There were times that I wasn't encouraged to pursue my creative ways, which is when I was like doodling the margins of my notebook and then I'd get glares from, you know, my teacher. But there would be other times that they would give us like a word problem or they would give us um, a research project. And then my creativity and my natural curiosity of things, that's when they really encouraged me to be like, oh, that's an interesting way to view this. And that's when they encouraged me to, you know, ask those why. Like, why is this a thing? What is, what was the origin of this theory? So asking questions in school 
and just being open and curious about what was being taught was definitely very encouraged in my upbringing. And since I went to really small schools, I got a lot of individual attention. And I feel like because the classes were so small, we actually had more time to kind of ask questions, be creative, and be more interactive with the material being taught. Okay, that makes sense. I think that the the fact that you asked a lot of questions and you incorporated a lot of curiosity is very important because the the learning process for the human brain, if you want it to stick, if you want it to make a really lasting impact on your future and the knowledge that you have, it all starts with curiosity. So if you're not naturally curious about the world around you and whatever you're learning, then as time goes on, as you get out of school, you're not going to keep learning as quickly. Some people, they're, they're forced into a classroom and they might do well, you know, but they're not really curious about it. It just kind of sticks in there and it leaves. And when they leave school, they stop learning or they don't learn as quickly. And, you know, compared to people who are always, they're going to stay curious, they're going to ask questions you know, little by little, those people keep growing, you know, sometimes, you know, I found that a lot of the people who ask questions, they might not do as well as well in school. But, you know, over time, they do learn a lot more throughout their lifetimes. And of course, there's, you know, that's not always the case. I know a lot of people who ask questions who do great in school who don't do great in school. You know, it's not a, a black and white picture. But I think just the the act of asking questions constantly, and being constantly curious about the world around you is very important. So I was wondering, you know, where did this natural curiosity come from in your life? Was it learned from your family or just was it natural in you? So I have two answers for that. One of them is the more playful answer of I've always had cats in my life. And cats are <laughs> very curious creatures by nature. So my mother had a cat while I was growing up. And then I got my own cat when I was nine. And seeing them kind of explore the world and be really curious about things, even if it was something as silly as a cardboard box, you know, they just explore everything, they try everything. And I was always really inspired and touched by that, as silly as that may sound. The second answer is my father, he would always, always bring up these really creative and interesting um, concepts during my upbringing. He's a doctor, and one of the craziest concepts that he brought to me that kind of unleashed my creativity was when I saw him have a white car, and I'm like, why do you have a white car? And he was like, well, Carla, white cars don't have the paint to weigh them down, so they move faster than all the other cars. <laughs> now, obviously, as I'm older, <laughs> that answer wasn't, you know, correct, but my father taught me to kind of look at things differently. And I kind of carried that with me as I went to school. I would always ask the silly questions, which sometimes would get a laugh from the rest of the class. But sometimes they would unleash like really interesting conversations. I think that's great because, you know, I love what your father did because he's getting you to think. And from what I've seen in, in lectures, I'm still going to some university lectures and things such as that. A lot of people in there, they're not thinking, they're not asking questions. So getting in that habit is great. A lot of, you know, I, I don't think there really are stupid questions because it just shows that you're thinking and, you know, thinking is the most important part because you're actually learning instead of just repeating the information or, 
or just, you know, I mean, memorizing is important. That's the first step in the learning process. But if that's all you do, if you don't think about it and see how it's connected to everything else, then you're not really learning it. And, you know, we do focus a lot on memory here and how to improve it and how to use it better. But that's just one step in an overall picture. The next step is to actually think about it. Think about how it fits into the bigger picture. And, you know, that's an important first step into the process. And, you know, since a lot of people, they aren't thinking or they're not thinking creatively, they think that, you know, their creative dreams might be out of reach or they just don't want to go for them or they just lose inspiration. So what I was wondering, since you focus so much on creativity with everything that you're doing, how do you think that for the people listening out there who have these creative dreams, such as they want to be a musician or an artist or an author, how can they get started in achieving these big creative dreams? So I have kind of like a four-step process. So one of them is to take the time to write all your goals down. So if it's, you know, be a musician, publish your autobiography, create a graphic novel, whatever those goals down are, just write them down no matter how crazy they are. Then the second step is kind of to go through all the goals that you write down and just to pick three of them. One of them should be the most manageable and achievable one that you can do with the skill sets that you already have. The other two could be ones that you're really secret passion, secretly passionate about. And then you take the third step, which is to set a time every day to do at least 15 minutes to make progress towards that goal. So if we want to go with the musician route, say you are really busy on Monday and you don't have time to really pull out your instrument and practice. And that's fine. Just take 15 minutes to kind of look up some music sheets. Look up music sheets of songs that you want to learn, songs that um, you maybe want to learn down the line. See what PDFs that you can get that show you the chords. You know, do your research because that doesn't require you to pull out your guitar or your piano or whatever that is. And then on days that you do have your instrument on hand, take 15 minutes to practice your chords. And you can continue doing that every day. And then progressively, you'll get better. It's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. You know, if you don't have all the time in the world to practice your craft eight hours a day, then that's fine. Just be like the tortoise and do a little bit every day. You'll get to the finish line. Just don't give up on your goals. And then the last step is to once a month or once a week, review your progress and see if you're actually moving towards those goals. If you find that the three goals you picked, you're not as passionate about anymore, then go through the process again until you really find something that, you know, makes you motivated. Because if you really are passionate about that project, then you're going to at least spend 15 minutes a day. It's not that much time to commit to. Okay, I really like that four-step process. It makes it simple to navigate and simple to go through. And I think that that will certainly help a lot of people out there. So do you have a, a website or a product or something that people can go to to find out more about this four-step process? Well, I do have a website up. It's 15minutesofcreativity.com. The 15 is numerical, so you don't have to write out 15. And on there, I currently have a 10-week prompt challenge. So as I mentioned earlier today, I feel like a lot of people who are creatively blocked 
just sometimes are overwhelmed with the idea of creating something out of nothing. So the prompts are just meant to jumpstart that creativity and they'll get an email every week with a new prompt that they can respond to or that they can just do on their free time just to get them started because sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. And for the listeners out there, I'll put a link in the, in the description for this podcast and in the blog post for this episode. So you can go to 15 minutes of creativity.com. That'll be, they'll be in the, in the link below. And another thing that I really want to talk about really quickly for creativity, especially for business owners and entrepreneurs out there is you just need to, to practice thinking about things in different ways. So one of the things that I really practice a lot to, you know, kind of foster and train my creativity is to think about ordinary objects in different ways. So I call this the creativity 101 exercise. And it's a it's a big part of some of my training systems. And what I put out there is you you pick an ordinary object, like I could pick the lamp that I'm looking at, for instance, and you think about all the different possible uses it could have. So for the lamp, you know, we have the obvious logical answers, like it could be used to give off light, or it could be used as a decoration. But now the goal for this is to think of 40 potential uses it could have. So you really have to start thinking outside of the box. So maybe it could be used for a baseball bat or it could be used like for a javelin. So you really got got to start thinking about all these crazy different ideas. And then if you just do this for maybe 10 minutes per day, I found that really quickly you can get yourself into a powerful creative state of mind. And for anyone out there, it's a very easy way to, you know, train your brain to think about things in different ways. And you know, in the learning process, that's what you have to do because you're creating visualizations for information or you're, you're having to translate numbers or abstract details into something that's tangible. And you have to be very creative to do that. And this is a powerful way to practice doing that. And I wanted to ask for your opinion on something. So what I was wondering is, you know, we focus a lot on, you know, people who want to achieve big things in the world. So this doesn't have to be just entrepreneurs or business owners, but any, anyone who wants to be a professional out there. So they want to be a doctor, they want to be an engineer. So I wanted to ask you, in what way do you think that, you know, business owners or professionals, those with big dreams, how do you think that they can mix, mix their business or their craft with artistic creativity? So first off, I have to say that um, exercise, the 10 minute exercise that you mentioned with the lamp is amazing. I love it so much. And I think I might actually incorporate that Thank maybe you. on the weekends because I love that so much. That kind of is kind like um, the exercise that I went with, you know, coming up with 10 ideas a day. It's just a prompt that, you know, you give yourself. You don't have to think too much about it to begin. And then it kind of like unleashes a bunch of ideas out of nowhere. And I love that so much. Well, thank you. I found that, you know, once you reach the, the, the point around 40, you start coming up with all these crazy ideas for things around you. So if you do that before you go to work or something or while you're at work, while you're, you're in a break or something, then you find that, you know, as you go throughout the day, you're coming, you're looking at these things that are already existing and, you know, you're, you're coming up with more crazy ideas. But in relation to the question that you asked, first, I think that a lot of the creative skill sets that you have could be applicable in business. Because say that you do writing on the side, say you enjoy doing short story writing. If you practice that short story writing, then you're going to become better at communicate with paper and communicate um, through the written word. That could help you 
create better email campaigns if you're an entrepreneur that you'll have more people read through your emailing, the click-through rate will be better. I feel if you are an artist, if you draw traditionally, then you'll have a better idea of composition and then you'll be able to improve your business website better. So I feel like a lot of the skills that are professional and personal or creative, as you said before, I feel like there's a lot of you know overlap and it just makes you a better, more well-rounded individual if you have other hobbies and um, creative pursuits on the side. You'll be able to connect people better. You know, you go to a networking event, everyone there is a real estate agent and, you know, you talk to everyone in the room and they all say the same thing. But if you're that real estate agent who also does woodworking on the side, then you're going to be the real estate agent that everyone remembers much better than just being one of the many New York City real estate agents. Having those creative hobbies and, and pursuits, not only does it help you as an individual grow, but it also makes you stand out from the crowd, even if it doesn't seem like it goes hand in hand with your professional life. Okay, very cool. I think that that makes a lot of sense because you don't want to be a flower on the wall. If you want to be memorable at a networking event or a job fair or something like that, you really want to stand out. So, you know, show off your more creative side and you'll find that, you know, in business or your career, coming up with new ideas is extremely important. And I just want to throw that out there really quickly because creativity is all about out of the box thinking. So if you can come up with a lot of out of the box ideas for your career or your business, I think that'll give you a, a massive advantage. And, you know, you can use these exercises that we're giving you to really you know, propel yourself forward with your, your natural creativity and your ability to create new ideas. So I know that, you know, you just started your entrepreneurship journey from what you just said. And I was wondering, you know, how have you handled it so far? How have you been liking it? What have you learned? So I've been enjoying it a lot thus far. It's been kind of like a roller coaster ride. You know, there's the highs, there's the lows, there's things that I'm learning, there's mistakes that I'm making, but those are basically lessons that I grow more and more from. As someone who is very petite in size, uh, I'm always a big, big advocate for small businesses because I'm a small individual, <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds. I always went to small schools. I love small business and I feel it's more human, you know, working with fellow small businesses as opposed to giant corporations. Now, in terms of what I've learned so far, I've learned how to communicate better with people and how to plan my day better. Before, when I was working, um, you know, for other businesses, they would kind of dictate my day. They would be like, you know, when you come into the office to when you leave the office, you do X, Y, and Z. Now, going down the entrepreneur route, I had to learn time management. It's something that a lot of entrepreneurs face. And, you know, they're like, so in like, overwhelmed of all the day to day tasks that they have to deal with to run their business, that they don't realize that time management is a really crucial skill to learn. And I'm learning it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I think that it's also about efficiency, because you got to learn how to use you, know, you got to learn how to get the most out of the time that you have because everyone has 24 hours a day in a day 
but some people get a lot more out of that time. And for entrepreneurs out there, for experienced ones and new ones, you know, you can learn from the lessons of the the other entrepreneurs that you're around or that you listen to. And you can over time figure out, you know, if I have one hour of time, how do I get the most out of that? Because in a traditional job, it's not as big as a deal because, you know, you're not always in charge of your own pay if you're paid hourly or by salary, you know, efficiency isn't as big of a deal unless you want to get promoted or something like that. Then, you know, if you put out more output, then that's great if you want to rise in the corporation. But when you are the company, when you are the entrepreneur, you'll find that it can be very competitive. So you have to be efficient and you have to be smart with your time and learning how to do that is a very important process. And, you know, you can learn it by trial and error over time, but you can also leverage the knowledge of other people, whether it's through their books or through the podcasts or just by talking to them. You can very quickly learn what to do and what not to do. And you can try that for yourself and figure out what works for you. And that's one of the most important parts of, you know, growing as an individual and learning quickly, which we're all about at the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast, is leveraging all of the tools that you have. So for instance, if you're interested in you know, time efficiency, time management, you're going to learn from you know, people that you directly talk to. Then you can maybe find mentors that you listen to online, whether it's through podcasts or YouTube videos. And then you can look for online courses on the subject. So maybe go to Udemy or something like that and just type in time management, or you can go to EDX you know, just use all these tools and you can look for books on it. There's just so many resources out there to learn whatever you want to get better at or whatever skill that you want to learn. And just using as many of these as possible is one of the fastest ways to learn. And, you know, as a part of learning, creativity is also important because one of the themes that I try to teach is whole brain thinking and creativity is extremely important. And I wanted to go back to the topic of creativity really quickly. And I I want to ask you, what do you think are some common misconceptions about creativity? I feel some common misconceptions is that creativity is just about um, visual art or audio art. And as I mentioned earlier today, I feel like creativity can also encompass critical thinking. It could encompass visualizing something from a different point of view it doesn't always have to be something that has an actual output such as a painting or an mp3 I feel like a lot of people associate it that way you know creativity I, I just give it a simple definition so I just call it what it is it's out of the box thinking it's not just painting a picture or drawing something because I know a lot of artists who aren't really creative because if you're drawing just what you see, I don't really call that creative, but if you draw something that's, you know, completely different or you take that tree for instance, and you give it a very unique perspective or a unique design. Now that's creative because you're, you're coming up with an original thought or you're taking it outside of the box. And that's what it's all about. A lot of the, the great thinkers throughout history, the great achievers, They weren't purely analytical and they weren't purely creative, which I find to be very interesting because when you think of someone like Einstein, you think that, you know, he he might be purely left-brained or purely analytical, but that's not true at all. Someone like Einstein achieved such great things because, you know, he, he focused on both sides of his brain. 
so to make the great insights into the universe and work on his theory of relativity, he visualized it. So he worked visually. So he was thinking of new ideas, crazy ideas, and he was visualizing them. So he was using the right side of his brain and his enormous creativity. But at the same time, he was using the left side of his brain and his analytical skills to you know, come up with mathematical patterns, mathematical laws to explain the crazy ideas that he was coming up with. So with these two sides working together, he was making great insights into the universe. And then it's the same with great artists like Leonardo da Vinci or Picasso or Rembrandt or any of these other people. Their, their paintings, their creations aren't purely you know, visual, they're not purely creative, you know, quote, they're, they involve both sides of the brain. And they're, they're kind of creatively connected. So a lot of the paintings are painstakingly analytical, but they look beautiful at the same time when Leonardo da Vinci would make observations about the world or come up with new ideas. When he would draw them in his notebooks, they didn't just look, you know, anatomically correct or structurally correct. They were also beautiful at the same time. So this mixing of art and science, I think, is one of the most important things for people who want to be scientists or engineers out there. Because, you know, I, I've gone through engineering school and we're not really taught to think creatively or use the right side of the brain for the things that we're doing. And if you really want to make great insights or do amazing things with the work you're doing, you have to have a balance. And that's important to do. I'm not discounting the analytical skills that you learn, but you need both sides as well. So what I would like to see for the future of education is kind of mixing both of these and thinking more out of the box with education. What do you think, Carla? I think that is a great vision for education. And I think that um, some schools are actually starting to implement that, you know, getting away from the usual memorization and incorporating the different kinds of learning into the day-to-day school for children all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. you know, there's people who are kinesthetic learners and there's others that learn visually. So I think more schools are starting to realize that as more research is done in these areas. Although, unfortunately, I still think a lot of schools are dominated by test scores. So yeah, it's, it's a balance that we need to learn. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you shouldn't be just, just like defined by your test score. You shouldn't be defined by your grades. I think there's a much better way to do things. And you should be measured by your ability to work with others and to create great things and to, you know, just think of more creative ways to demonstrate that knowledge. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding because, you know, U.S. education scores and how we're doing, you know, it turns out that we're not doing so great. And when that's happening, you know, you got to make a change. And like, I want to talk a little bit about the point that you made of memorization. And, you know, memory is still important because, That's where the learning process occurs. But the problem is no one's taught to use their memory. You're taught to learn by rote, and that's not how your memory works. The brain creates memories by using all of your senses, using all of your thinking capabilities. And that's something that I really want to, you know, put out there because, you know, when you're using all these thinking capabilities at the same time. So, for instance, if I want to memorize a speech or a script for something that I'm recording, I don't just sit there and you know, talk it over and over again. I think it's good to use all of your your brain's capabilities. So you're walking around, then you're speaking it, and you're visualizing it, and you're putting all these senses into it. 
and that's probably the fastest way to learn it. So there's a lot of techniques you can use, a lot of systems, and there's just so many different things that you can use. You can, you can think about it creatively. So while you're making the visualizations, it's very helpful to do that. And, you know, I was wondering that if you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice, what would it be? This is a question that I like to leave with all of our guests. It's typically the last one that I give. So, so yeah, if you could only leave one piece of actionable advice, what would it be, Carla? Only one? Man, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I would say the one piece of advice that really helped push me forward is I feel morning pages really brought a lot of clarity to my life. I think morning pages really help start out your day on the right foot. It helps you visually see what's going on in your brain. You can kind of see what you're constantly thinking about. You can identify what thoughts are bringing you down, what thoughts are repeating of things that you need to do urgently. And I feel like some of the best stuff that I come up with in terms of writing comes out of my morning pages because that's when my brain is precious. And I think starting off on the right foot with morning pages is really critical. And I would love it if the listeners had to do one thing. I would say get a piece of paper, three sheets to be exact, write down your thoughts. Even if you don't have anything to say, just write down, I have nothing to say until something actually does come to mind. It takes a while, but it's a habit that gets better progressively with time. I love that. And, you know, I got to say for the listeners out there and to you that, you know, I think that I'm definitely going to take your advice on this. And it really makes sense because as you write your stream of consciousness, you're kind of creating a feedback loop when you're, when you're writing it down and it helps to foster that habit. So you're always thinking more creatively and, you know, personally, I'm going to start doing that. And I really do hope that the listeners start doing it as well. So just remember for the listeners out there is, you know, start making morning pages just every single morning after you wake up, write down three pages of all the thoughts, all the ideas, or the pictures that come to your mind and just do this everything every single morning. And over time, you'll see a gradual change in your ability to think creatively. And, you know, I agree with Carla that this is probably one of the best habits that you can do out there. And I'm going to incorporate it into my my creative, my, my morning routine, which I, I need to get back into the habit of doing. I'll admit that I've call, kind of fallen out of it. But, you know, Carla, it was a great pleasure to talk to you today. And I think that I got a lot of value out of our conversation today. And I, you know, I, get, I gained a greater understanding of how creativity fits into all these different things. And, you know, how you can start to improve it or foster it with different routines and habits. So I really want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Kenny, for having me on. I really appreciate the time and all the information you gave me. I didn't know about the Einstein facts. I mean, I know about who he was as an individual, but I didn't realize he was also a visual thinker. So that was an interesting lesson, and I wanted to let you know that I appreciated that because I always love learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great to have you on, and I definitely appreciate you coming on as a guest. And I think that, you know, going to your sites or, or – or learning from you from our audience would be a great way to foster their creativity. So what I was wondering is if the audience, all the listeners, if they want to learn more about you or, or find out what you're doing, where could they do so? So as I mentioned before, the website 15 minutes of is a good place to learn how I'm doing creatively. I also run a second blog, which is more of my own personal growth. It has the tagline of start small, grow big. <laughs> and 
that's at carprincess.com. And that's more of a personal blog about my own personal development and growth and all the lessons that I've come across. Okay, wonderful. So for the listeners out there, that's 15minutesofcreativity.com for her, her business blog and everything that she's doing to help you improve your creativity. Then if you want to find out more about Carla and her personal life and how she's been growing, then you can go to carprincess.com. So Carla, it was a great pleasure to have you on today and we're going to have you on in the future. And for the listeners out there, I really do hope that you found a lot of value in this episode. I certainly did. And I gained a greater understanding and appreciation for creativity. And I hope you did as well. So until next time, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast.